Welcome to Immigrate. Welcome to a space where you can be vulnerable, a space where you're not going to be judged, a space where you can be authentic. And my hope and desire is to inspire and motivate everyone that click onto this podcast. So welcome to another episode of Immigrate. Welcome to another great episode of Immigrate, and I'm so excited to have Alfredo as one of my guests. We have met through a mutual connection on a group, and I'm so excited to have him as a guest. He's from Mexico, and he's now living in the United States of America, and he will explain his um, story as a Netflix series, and I laugh because we all go through that, and it's such a Nice way of putting it in how our life story can become a Netflix series because we go through episodes of different things and he will tell you his story. And as we hear, welcome, Alfredo. Uh, thank you very much, Tasha, for inviting me and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, Alfredo, tell me about yourself. Uh, yeah, well, I'm uh, originally from Mexico City, born and raised. And um, I'm the only child from a single mom back in the 60s. So it wasn't quite common. It was kind of like a little bit of a struggle in the way, but some of the families, you know, they're always, when there's something happening like that, they're trying to cover up so people don't talk about it. And, you know, so, yeah. Sweet. So, um, as a... So why did you end up moving to the U.S.? Well, uh, my, my journey uh, began when I was younger in terms of trying to find something to fit in. And I backtracked to that beginning because I believe it was very meaningful. And for some reason, I started looking for ways to, to feel secure, even though I had love from my you know, grandparents, my uncle, my aunt, my mom. But I always felt like there's something missing there, and especially at school, you know, because the little kids talk about, oh, my dad, my mom, and they will go, and sometimes the dad will pick them up or the mom. But in my case, it was only sometimes my, grand- my grandpa, my mom, and I was kind of like, okay, well, yeah, I don't have a dad, and I wish my mom will, you know, would age somebody and get married or something <laughs> or have siblings. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of difficult. And one of the things that I started doing, and I believe it was intuitive, I started walking outside of my neighborhood. It was like a business district, so there wasn't like a, a lot of homes, you know, with families and stuff. So around six years old, I asked permission to go by myself to walk. On the weekends, it was empty. So I started running around the blocks and feeling some type of energy, like a electric surge. They got me superpowers because I felt like I was feeling in control, moving my body mm-hmm. and feeling good. You know, besides, you know, playing marbles and kicking the ball on the, on the street, it wasn't like that. It was more like I was connected in some way 
So exercise became part of me and my uncle, which was kind of like my father figure, after I bugged him a lot because he was going to work out on the weekends to play football, soccer, he uh, he asked me and said, well, if you really want to go, you got to do what I said. And I did. So he taught me how to kick the ball, how to play, how to dribble and everything. And it was very exciting because even though I was shy at school and feeling insecure, playing sports started giving me a sense of you know, ownership. And then I started going martial arts. I did Shotokan, I did Taekwondo. And then some of the movies start coming out like uh, Enter of the Dragon with Bruce Lee. And in that uh, particular movie, he looked kind of like a little muscular, you know, like ripped. And I said, I want to go like this guy because I'm doing the martial arts and I feel more confident. So I want to do bodybuilding. So I started doing bodybuilding. I met a guy over there. We became good friends. And surely after I start studying and trying to find my um, my identity, you know, feeling with a little muscle and feel a little more secure, I start kind of drifting away from school. And at the end of my schooling, trying to enter into this uh, profession that supposed to my dad was a doctor, I couldn't make it. So I said, what can I do? I let my mom down and the people that believe in me. So there was a nutrition uh, career opening in Mexico in one of those uh, technical schools. So I asked him, let me uh, make it up to you, mom. And uncle, can you sponsor me? I want to study nutrition because I want to do something for my life. So anyway, I started studying. And this friend that I met at the gym moved to L.A., and that was the mecca of bodybuilding, you know, in um, in Los Angeles, California. You know, all the big stars, Arnold, Luferino, and all those guys. Right. Were there. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to go because I want to visit Alex, which was my friend who moved over there. And he was talking to me on, on the phone because there was no cell phone. There was no internet. So I was right. so excited. So I saved up a little bit of my cash. I got visa. Got my passport, and I went on the bus to the border to cross and you know spend a few days with him. But I didn't know what was gonna happen because when I present my documents to the immigration uh, officer, they checked them and they say, "Hold on a second. So they went inside the office, they came back, and they canceled my passport. Oh no! So I felt very devastated because I said. How come if I have everything I have is right, you know, I have my school car, I have my bank account, I have my passport, and I just want to go and spend a week with my friend. And no, nothing. Have a good day. And then next person. So I flew back very angry and I said, no, that's not good. I'm going to cross illegally. I'm not going to ask for permission. So I finished my schooling. I graduated. I finished my thesis. But everybody was telling me, Alfredo, you're crazy. You don't know how to speak the language. You don't know how to work. You only know Alex. You're going to leave your mom by herself. And what are you going to do? I start feeling that pressure, but that negativity, and I start kind of fueling my desire to go. And I said, well, forget it. I don't care about what people say. I'm just going to go 
And I arranged with him how to do the thing, you know, the crossing. And it was the whole um, action movie, you know, like running, chasing by the uh, immigration uh, agents and hiding. It took about six, seven hours for me to cross with a group of people who were trying to look the same way, you know, with the American dream. So finally, I, um, I crossed. I got to my friend's house. And from there, my new season began in the United States. Oh, wow. Um, even though we're not promoting um, people to do illegal stuff and to cross to the U.S., but that's your story, and I admire you for sharing that. And so what was some of the most complex things you think you have overcome in your journey while living in the U.S.? Well, uh, once I got there, it was kind of trying to feel understanding, basically, because I was looking for something, but that something wasn't there. And prior to cross, almost to half of my career, I started socially drinking. So I started having a two lives, like a Jack and Mr. Hyde, when I was still feeling empty even though I grew up and I was able to, you know, get some uh, strength through the people who loved me, through the exercise, through uh, beginning a new um, new journey, studying and trying to be a good, uh, good son, I, I was still limping. So I met somebody at the, at the school, one of the, the students as well. And he was older, but he was kind of like a mentor in a way. And it was that opening of social gathering. So I started getting immersed into it. So the drinking part became part of my lifestyle, even though during the day I was studying and exercising, I was still holding that as a, as a crutch to feel like I was doing something to protect me. Right. So the alcohol traveled with me to U.S. And even though it wasn't quite uh, dramatic, compulsive, but mm-hmm. it was part of it. It was there always. And uh, one of the things then I started realizing was that no matter what I did or where I were, uh, where, I was still with that particular situation. But I was trying to cover it, trying to put it on the side and not think about it. So... After a couple of years, you know, my mom went to visit me like almost three, four months after I went there and everything was fine, apparently. So she flew back and I started searching for something, which was my identity. I didn't know really who I was because I was trying to pretend, exercising and becoming a little more proficient on my uh, English speaking. I was still having that situation. So I ended up met, uh, meeting this guy from Puerto Rico, a uh, textile designer, very, uh, very uh, successful. But he moved to L.A. because he wanted to expand his uh, business, but it was very difficult for him. So I met him at the gym. We became good friends. He had this uh, penthouse almost by the beach. Yeah. With a brand new car. So I moved in with him. And, you know, we're kind of like a buddies and nice. And sometimes we had some drinks. But he started noticing that I was limping on that particular route. So one day he said, Alfredo, well, you know, 
I appreciate you and we we're good friends and stuff. And I have my own stuff because he was not able to get a job and he was mm -hmm. paying the car, he was paying his car. And he says, I think we need to part our friendship. I mean, keep our friendship, but uh, move apart, you know, and then you go on your own and I stay right. on my own so we can get healthy. So I was kind of upset and I just bought a little sport car, like a little 280Z, like, you know, old version. And I said, where do I go? So what I did, I drove to the parking lot of Gold's Gym Venice, right almost by the beach. And I encountered like a three or four guys who came from different cities, different states and some countries to make it on the sport and to make it on Hollywood. And they were living in the car. So I said, wow, I cannot believe it. So I parked my car there and that became for like a couple of months, my home, right in front of this place where you're supposed to be getting healthy and doing all that thing. Yeah. So people were there and I was part of that small community. You know, there were like mm -hmm. three or four guys. And I was like, uh, well, you know, I think I, I, I fit in here, but I was still, you know, with that situation sometimes and I wanted to move it away, either exercising or having some drinks with them at night. And one of those uh, weekends, it was a Saturday night where I drove the car looking for food. It was like at two or three in the morning and there was these uh, gas stations with the uh, 24-hour markets. You know, they have food and yeah. food and stuff. So I drove there because I was hungry. I had some drinks. Yeah. And I parked the car. I went inside and I started looking for food. There was no food ready. So I complained to the attendant and I said, how come you guys are 24 hours? Where is the food? And the guy said, there's no food ready yet. So, but if you don't leave, I'm going to call the cops. So at that time I was still illegal. And I said, no, I, I got to go because I don't want to get caught. So I forgot my car and I walk out and walk back to the parking lot and I slept in one of my friend's car. I forgot the car. I didn't know. So when I wake up on Sunday, I realize where's my car? I didn't recall, I didn't recall what happened that night. So that was kind of like already getting into trouble in my mind because I said, well, I don't remember. So one of the guys who was washing cars in that parking lot, he said, what happened, Alfredo? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know where's my car. And he said, well, where were you last night? So I told him. He said, well, don't worry. Hop on my car. Let's drive around and see if we can find your car. So luckily, after four blocks, we turned around, and right in the corner was the gas station, and right in the parking lot was my car. Park, no problem. Everything was inside. And I was like, wow. I can't believe it. My car is here. I don't, I don't even remember that. Yeah. So I drove back to the parking lot and I start reflecting on my life. And I said, well, Alfredo, you're here, a number, and not even a number because nobody really knows you. You know, mm -hmm. you're no legal. Your mom doesn't know. You always call her collect. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Back then, even though here in Mexico there was some Catholic... Um, uh, background from some people, I wasn't really into, you know, like uh, only going to church when, you know, they will take me and stuff, but I wasn't really with any particular faith. 
So I said, well, God, uh, well, help me. I don't know. So I started wondering what to do, but I needed to do something. Yes. So that day I said, I got to do something because no one is going to do it for me. That's right. The radical things that I did moving from another country to here with a dream in a way, but not really knowing what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, I need to, I need to change it. So I said, I'm going to quit right now and I'm not going to drink, not even a drop of alcohol. Amen. And that was in 1992 until this day I'm sober. And it was amazing because when I woke up on Monday, I started seeing things differently. And from there, everything started kind of like, uh, expanding with a new view, but also with a kind of like a, a, a full recognition of, of myself. Then I did something for me and it started enabling me to go for more, to learn mm-hmm. and to be searching, searching for the truth. So it was, it was amazing what happened. Thank you so much. You said something so profound that when we align ourselves with the right spiritual things, we always make some drastic changes. And because of that, you have, you realize. And one of the things that I shared on my podcast so much about immigrants is a lot of times, you know, someone from your own country and you move in with them. They always, it's always never the same. And I shared that on my podcast that we should always, even though we stay with family member, friend, we should always make sure we have a plan of staying on our own because sometimes they just don't have the patience to, to, to be with us anymore. But I just want to thank you for that. Um, words cannot even understand how you have experienced. I've, I've been homeless, but I've never slept in a car. Um, so if you should turn back your younger self, what would you tell your younger self right now about what you have been through? Well, the one thing that I learned, it was, uh, and I will tell them to always believe in, in himself and not to be expecting things to happen, but to make things happen. And everything in life, it happens for, for us to learn and to grow and nothing is a failure because sometimes we believe that, oh, there is bad things happening, but I don't believe in bad things. I believe it. there are lessons. Mm. And when we grow is when we actually overcome and we become a new, a new creation. And, um, to, uh, to, to, uh, to solidify this, um, opinion is because in 94, Actually, in 93, almost 94, at the gym, because after that, I became a certified personal trainer. I got my CPR. I started seeing different things, and things started kind of like uh, coming to me in a very, very um, simple way, very easy way. And one of the guys at the gym invited me to church many times, and I turned down. But things happened in through my life before I said, I'm gonna go and, uh, and visit. It was a, a non-denominational Christian church. And it was amazing. It was amazing because prior to that, after I moved with a couple of roommates, the last roommate that I moved in, 
he got shot in the head at the mm. restaurant. When the parents from El Salvador came to visit that day, and they haven't seen him for like a seven or eight years. Yeah. And this guy had a different lifestyle. So he um, he talked to me and he said, well, Fredo, my parents are coming. They um, they don't know, you know, my lifestyle, but I haven't seen them since I moved over here. So oh, they no. come in and, you know, I want you to kind of like uh, to just meet them and, and that's it. So I said, sure, no problem. So they uh, they came. I didn't, uh, I didn't meet him in the during the day because he went to the airport and they went hang out. So when I came back from work and I went to bed, and um, and he wasn't there. So I said, well, maybe he's gonna stay with them at the hotel or something. And um, about midnight or one o'clock, I hear some noise, and because it was upstairs our apartment, I saw underneath the the door there was some flashlights. And there was some English uh, speaking in some Spanish words. And I said, well, so they knocked the door. And when I opened the door, there was two cops saying, uh, are you Alfredo? Because he told them about me. And I said, yes. And the dad and the mom was coming with the cops because they didn't speak English. And the dad was with the hands and some of the shirt with blood in his clothes and they were pretty much uh devastated oh my because god then they saying well you know these people um are um picked up from this restaurant there was some altercation there was some robbers trying to rob uh people's uh, belongings and the dad explained what happens so the son tried to you know to cover the robber for the the mom's purse to be taken and then the robber shot him in the head so the son was dead right at the scene and i was just translating you know what the cop saying and what, what was going to happen so i was like uh, well i'm cleaning myself up i'm living a sober life i'm trying to do the right thing and this situation happened right here so and then what what could you encourage an immigrant who is listening to all this that you're saying? What would you encourage and tell them who are listening right now? Because we have people well, all over the world listening to this. When I sure. First of all, to, to reflect and, and what the lives uh, then they wanted to, or what the lives they have. I mean, because sometimes people, they go to different situations like, you know, immigrating and changing countries to make a better future. But sometimes they don't even know what they doing it for. There's no reflection, there is no inventory of what they really wanna do. Because sometimes the emotions can trigger you to do radical things without yeah. having a good sense of if it's really what you want or it's yeah. just a desire. Mm -hmm. And I think can can trigger you and really making you very messed up on your mind if you don't open your mind to change, because changing the mindset is gonna give you the strength. And if you have a base on any kind of faith, mm -hmm. it will solidify and really saying, hey, you're doing this for you or to, to please somebody else. That's right. 
I think when I did my my uh, these uh, changes, they were kind of like a, with some desire to find something to find myself. And I encounter different situations that kind of discover more of what I was missing, which was my self confidence. And because I didn't know what was the plan for me in life, I was just like clueless. Right. You know, uh, doing to change from one end to the other end. Yeah. But I was still kind of limping. So this issue with this roommate, it kind of opened my eyes more. So when this friend from the gym invited me to church again, I said, okay, I think I need to go. Yeah. And when I go over there, I went and I met a big crowd of people. It was like a United Nations because it was multiracial. It was students, it was seniors, it was uh, families. And the guy who was speaking there, it wasn't a priest. It was someone who was speaking about God. And he was talking about what it takes to become a disciple. Uh, but not in a way of uh, religiosity. It was more like a natural self, uh, you know, like a, like a regular talk. And I feel like, wow, I think this is the path that I was looking for to get more discipline in my life, but also to follow and to have a purpose, not just living, you know, whatever comes in my mind. I, you know, I normally ask my guests to talk about their spiritual journey, but this is how I know that I'm doing something in alignment to God, because you went right into the next question. And I just want to thank you so much. Walking in our purpose, we cannot do it of ourselves. It has to align with God. And you just touched that. If you did not go on to that series, you know, that aligns you with what you God called you for and the purpose that he calls you to do. And I just want to thank you for sharing that today with us. We're almost wrapping up. And um, anything else, final, like two more minutes that you want to add or a minute to anything else before we end? And before we end, we always ask my guests to drop three words that you want to lift with us today. So one more point, and then you can add three more, three words. If you yeah, want to add anything else. Sure. The point will be, um, we never stuck with what, what we are, what we think we are, because we are in a constant process. It's like uh, your cell phone, you know, the new update. So you have to update the phone in order to work properly. So being open mind to evolve, to change. That's right. Because the person that we, did, that, that we were, you know, last month, last year, or many years ago, we're not the same. We might look the same. We might look a little bit older, but things have changed. Our mood have changed. Our body chemistry have changed. And that's what I teach people in my program, the transformation, becoming healthy from the inside out. And I think inside out comes from the mind first mm -hmm. and then the body. But because people saying, Alfredo, but the spirit is missing. And I say, well, if your mind is not clear, you cannot comprehend and there is a spirit living inside of you. So you need to have a clear mind 
And then remember then the body is a temple. If you don't take care of that temple, everything else is gonna be in a down spiral. So that's the, the main point and I will uh, leave with people. And the three words you wanna leave with us. You're such a man of wisdom. Thank you for that. And the three words will be never finish, uh, never feel finish uh, product. Don't feel finished product because as long as we're alive, we can change. Mm-hmm. If we have the willingness, no one should convince us but ourselves to do the next, the next chapter. Thank you so much, Alfredo. Um, I want to send people towards what you're doing. You're doing a wonderful thing of um, so please share with me um, when we're done your information and how we can find us. How can people find you online? Sure. So you are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? How do people find you to? Yeah, basically my, um, my platform of choice and what I've been working the most is Instagram. And my handle is Alfredo Zapata Coach. And on my profile, I have a link for a 15-minute discovery call for people who have maybe questions about, you know, how to be healthy, if they play some sports, if they need some type of uh, direction and coaching, I'm available online. All right, thank you. So just let me know them and I'll drop them in my description when I'm uploading it. So thank you, thank you so much, Alfredo, for doing this and coming on. I really was, you really had, um, I you couldn't see, but I'm almost in tears. You're such a blessing and thank you for walking in your purpose and knowing for sure that, you know, identity is something that we all need to get. And it's a lot of young men or people are walking without knowing who they are. And this world is not as excited as a lot of people think. And I just want you to thank you for being one of the changes in the world that people can see that, you know what, you've come from a lifestyle that not not approved by everyone, but you have changed into a a world changer and the great things that God has called you. I could see that God has called you into a time like this to change the world. And I just want to thank you for sharing all that. Yes. You're welcome, Tasha. Thank you so much again. So there we have it, folks. It's another great episode. Um, I'm always really really intrigued and so over um pouring with love and affection for these guests that comes on my podcast and i just want to thank alfredo for that wonderful um interview that he did and yeah until the next episode guys thanks for for just sitting with me and enjoying this podcast i hope you were inspired and motivated as I was because these interviews are not just for my guests but they also motivate me to not give up and please don't give up on your dreams.